0: Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Doctor Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly d. Eo,
1: yo, yo, yo. yo. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'm Dr. Fucking. Along with me is. Oh, yeah! What's it up? That's his name. That's his game. That's right. And he's not lame because he's part of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right. That's right. You deserve an ego as big as mine, my friend, because you fucking rule.
0: Sweet. I got the ass for it.
1: Yeah. All right. So we're going to review the police today. But we got news, man. You know how people love news.
0: Yeah, we so, haven't had the news in, in a couple weeks. So, yeah, we got, uh, some,
1: we got some music news coming up, but we've got other type of news that we would like to discuss before that.
0: Oh, hell yeah. It's just been announced. Well, it came out a couple days before you guys get to hear this. But Rockin' Pod Expo 2 Electric Boogaloo is going down in Nashville again this year on august 28th uh man and and we want you guys we're gonna we're gonna do the fundraiser again we're gonna do the fan episodes but more importantly we want to see more of you motherfuckers there this year last year we had uh i mean we met plenty of cool people but we had four like diehard fans show up we want fucking quadruple that this year And ask any of the fuckers who showed up last year. Ask Bushy. Ask John Oldemeyer. Ask fucking TikTok Man. uh, You know, ask Scott Stein. It's worth it. Because we are going to party with each and every fucking one of you. We're going to make you part of our show. And and we scared. We scared fucking half the fucking Expo away when we got on stage. Those fucking, those fucking, I I love you. But those hillbillies in Nashville didn't know what fucking hit them. (laughs) <laughs> when we when we got on stage. And we want you diehard motherfuckers here this year. I know Matt Weller's dick already said he was going to show up. He didn't make it last year because he was trying to save his marriage. And guess what? She still left him. So don't let that shit hold oh, you back. Oh, that's great news. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think he's happy now. But you know what I mean? I mean, like, here we go. I mean, you're going to be hearing this in fucking January. The expo is going to be... In August and you know and and more details are gonna be coming soon on how you can uh, contribute the GoFundMe page there will also be as well it's it's in the same vicinity as last year's we're in the same kind of strip mall we're just in a different venue so there's gonna be a special at the hotel where you get a special rate uh, if, if you book it ahead of time let them know you're part you know you're going to the expo you can get a discount and and you can tell your boss hey Check me off right here this weekend because I'm gonna be fucking gone. I want to see you, motherfuckers. There, I want to party with you. I want you guys to bring us drugs. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a fucking throwdown. Last year's was amazing. We're gonna, this year is gonna be a hundred times better. I guarantee you. So I want each and every one of you not only contribute but make it to Rock and Pot Expo 2, Nashville, Tennessee, August 28, 2018. Yeah, so I wanna say a big thank you to uh, to Chris Sinzak, to to BJ Cramp, to all the guys that are organized this and, and and put it on. And uh, we're gonna start the fundraising uh, relatively soon. We're gonna do the same thing again. Uh, you know, forty bucks to pick one, 60 bucks to, to guest on the show, and a hundred bucks, you know, you know, to pick something off the wall. But here's something I will say this year. You know, for for Ralph's mental health. Be prepared. If you pay a hundred bucks, be prepared for Ralph to say, "I ain't fucking doing that." I'm gonna so, be nicer this year. I think.
1: Uh, are? You yeah, are Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I am actually. You know, if you're kind enough to donate, I should be stop being a, such a stickler, and uh, I'll keep it to myself. I'll just, you know, I'll I'll see if I can start dating a girl and just take it out on her, you know. But I think I think you know, I'm I'm a much more gentler person in 2018 because now i'm pure acceptance of people's donations and uh whatever the hell they want to hear go ahead hit me with a brush shot i'm gonna be very peaceful about it i mean during the review i ain't i ain't promising but when i get hit by the, well when i get hit with the news i'll be like okay come here girl and then i'll slap her a couple times and go to jail for you know spousal abuse but once i come out hey believe me once i get raped in prison i will be nicer
0: But yeah, definitely show up this year because uh, we're already, they pushed us to a later time slot because we offended so many people last year. But I want you guys to show up to say, (laughs) hey, there's a reason why these assholes are here because people love them. So I want to see you guys there plenty of time, man. You're going to hear this in January. This shit's the end of August, man. Make your plans, change your lifestyle, do whatever you can to be there. We will make it worth your while. We will give you, as they say in Porky's, a night to remember. Yes. It's going to be fucking awesome. Hell yeah.
1: Last year's is fucking Disney World. I don't even yeah. know what the fuck we're going to do this year, but you'll see.
0: And, and we'll throw up a, a, a shot to see who can be this year's VIP. I don't know if anybody can beat Scott Stein, because Scott Stein was the VIP and a half last year. I hope he comes again. Oh, he's going to. He already oh, said that's a done oh, deal. Oh, yeah, Scott. We'll do yeah. that episode that you dated for last year in Nashville. <laughs> it never showed up for. Yeah. Oh, so Scott Stein's going to be yeah, there. Scott
1: Stein never has time for us to do the podcast. But shit, he's going to be trapped in our hotel room. I'm going to lock that fucking door. Exactly. And we're exactly. going to something.
0: Hey, Scott, Scott, Scott Stein was left without a room for the last night. Who did he stay with last with night? With us. With us. us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Scott Stein, think of something you have here from Nashville. Remember, there's two options. You do the review with us, or you leave that hotel with a black eye.
0: Yeah. And and sure, sure he stayed with us and we made him sleep in a chair. But he got to (laughs) spend a night with us. That's right. (laughs) That's the the important part. And you too. Well, hopefully your mother or sister can spend a night with us. One night. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Don't, Don't think you're coming to Nashville and just crashing in our hotel room.
0: Yeah, yeah. Preferably 15 minutes.
1: (laughs) No, you know, actually, dude, we should. As long as you don't mind sleeping on the floor, we'll throw you a pillow. You know, I think it's worth it. If you make a fucking trek all the way to Nashville, I mean, limited to like, what, 26 people, okay? Because, you know. Rock on, Ian
0: Wadzillas. Yes, sir. All All right. right. Let's get into the music news, what people love the news oh boy I'm just seeing this this is an updated story and this turns my fucking stomach <laughs> Howard Stern will be the man to induct Bon Jovi into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame
1: <laughs>
0: well wow. you know
1: Ben I think Howard Stern was there when Bon Jovi was nobody in the beginning I think
0: right right
1: oh, and well, uh,
0: whatever. And, and, he, and he says he, he he's he's so honored, and he's thrilled to do it. Uh, but holy shit. But in a way, you know what? I'm happy Bon Jovi's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That, I did
1: care less if they
0: were in rock. No, but it makes me happy, because that shows you what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is really about. And that's album sales, ladies and gentlemen. It's not about talent. You know, in, in a year when, when Bon Jovi is passed, uh, I mean, uh, Judas Priest is passed over to make way for Bon Jovi. It's that, like That was awesome, I'll admit that. Yeah, yeah that, that's like, okay, that tells me everything I need to know. That tells me everything I need right there. You know, like, okay, okay, uh, uh, a band that, that inspired a whole generation of metal and then a band that killed a whole generation of metal, (laughs) you know? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. No, seriously, I mean, Bon Jovi started the trend that would kill heavy metal. Yeah. You know, that whole uh, pasteurization, the homogenization uh, of of fucking metal into something that was basically pop music uh, dressed up like a fucking metal band. Uh, and And that's what killed heavy metal as far as in terms of sales and popularity and mtv bon jovi killed heavy metal
1: and and And, they they are the perfect poster childs of a band that would help kill heavy metal because look at bon jovi now ashamed of his past
0: oh yeah yeah and they not only did they kill it then they turned their back on it yeah oh wow wow is there a biggest you know it's like one band's called Judas Priest and one is actually a Judas Priest <laughs> you know like like one killed Christ and the other one was the resurrection you know it's like Jesus fucking I just Christ. saw
1: I just got an email last night uh, he's playing here again he played here I don't know like six months ago so I clicked on I go oh is he playing here again and then when I saw a little thing it says Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee Bon Jovi, I was like, "Oh, that's your new spin." No, that's something to be proud of. Uh, fuck.
0: I, I, I tell you, again, I think I, I mentioned this in a past episode, but one thing that really turned my stomach uh, was when D. Snyder used to have a podcast that I enjoyed. He he, he gave up on because we're more successful than D. Snyder's podcast. Yeah. Uh, but he tried to organize this this huge benefit uh, for the victims of the. Uh, the Great White tragedy that happened in uh, Rhode Island. And uh, he reached out to some, he he knew he had bands that were going to contribute and and, and wouldn't attract an audience, but he reached out to two big stars who turned him down that really just fucking, just made me want to fucking throw up. And that was Bon Jovi and Bruce Springsteen. And unlike Bon Jovi, I'm actually a Bruce Springsteen fan. But both bands turned down doing a fundraiser because they didn't want to be aligned with cock rock bands. And that was Bon Jovi and, 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 and uh, Bruce Springsteen. So they would not appear at this festival because they don't want to be aligned with those bands. And that tells me everything you need to know about these bands because both, both Bruce Springsteen as an artist and Bon Jovi act like, you know, oh, we're from the people, for the people kind of shit. No, bullshit bullshit you're for your fucking self and, and and the Bruce Springsteen really let me down because I thought he was more of a man of his word that bon, I mean I know Bonfony was fucking bullshit from the get go but that tells you all you need to know these cocksuckers had a chance to do something that would actually benefit working class music fans that were terribly affected by this tragedy I mean you have you have fucking orphans you have people that will be on disability their entire fucking life because of this horrible fire, and I know people have made all these jokes about the fire and shit like that, but the truth is that was a horrible fucking tragedy, you know. And neither one of these motherfuckers would step up, you know. Like, you know, you're not fucking Bono, motherfucker, because you're more worried about your credibility, you know. Like, ooh, I don't want to be on a show with fucking, uh, you know, Danger Danger. Nobody wants to be on a show with Danger Danger, but it's for fucking charity. And it's for an honorable cause, so fuck both of them. That's yeah,
1: I I can go yeah, it is fucked up. I admit it. You know, at least, at least, all right. I ain't gonna play it, but here, have have a couple grand. You know, that would have been nice if at least threw a little money at it.
0: You know. Yeah, but 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 neither neither one of them did either. Yeah, I, but
1: you know what? Bon Jovi would have been there if it was. Uh, Southside Johnny playing instead of Danger Danger, you know. Oh what I'm yeah,
0: oh yeah. If it was fucking Google Dolls, they'd be all over that shit, you know. <laughs> Google Dolls, <laughs> fucking assholes. <laughs> yeah, asshole. but, but that's a thing, like like Bond Phony. They had no problem in 1986 dressing like every other band and and opening for Rat. Yeah yeah, they dressed like oh, metal they, and all they, that. They
1: didn't they, care who they opened for back then because they needed that, them.
0: You know, it's just like Metallica in the 90s. Like, oh, don't call us metal. And we're going on tour with Three Days of the New or whatever the fuck their fucking shitty name was. You know what I mean? What fucking posers and fucking bitches. Yeah, we'll
1: get into Metallica next week with Bill Wang. Yeah, oh,
0: oh, that's going to be a motherfucker there. Oh, yeah. All right, well, here's an album I'm looking forward to. Spinal Tap Bassist. Derek Smalls is releasing Small Change solo album in April.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
0: Oh, my God. I love I, him. Oh, I love Spinal Tap. I was lucky enough to see Spinal Tap on the Break Like the Wind tour. It was fucking amazing. I know you had a different kind of a Spinal yeah, Tap. Yeah, I was years. unlucky to see the Unwigged
1: Unplugged tour. Yeah, yeah. I got I,
0: I got to see full-blown Spinal Tap and... Uh, it was fucking amazing. I had
1: tickets to see Break Like the Wind, but it canceled.
0: So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about this one. I hope there's an unabridged version of Jazz Odyssey. That's what I want. Yeah. I wa- <laughs> and I, I, and want I, I think I told
1: this story before, but I met them after the show. Uh, my favorite member, Nigel, was a complete prick that he didn't come toward us. He ignored us. And yeah. uh, David said, and Lenny was a total prick. And then Harry Shearer. Uh, was the coolest one of them all. He was so nice, you know? And it was like, wow, the guy that makes the most money out of all of them, because he's Principal Skinner, uh, is actually more humble than these two that pretty much... Well, now Michael McKeon's on uh, uh, Better Call Sal, and he's great. I'm I'm not going to bash him, and I love Nigel as much as well. I'm just saying, his people, they were pricks.
0: Yeah, Except for, you know, guy with the solo
1: album. Yeah,
0: I heard Christopher Guest was kind of a prick, I mean, I love his work. I think he's hilarious. But Yeah, that. he's yeah. great. No. I have heard that. No, no. Right.
1: As far as Spinal Tap goes, he's the best out of all of them. I oh, love
0: yeah. Them. Looking Mike. forward to it. All right. Next story. And this one is fucking disturbing. Former Black Label Society guitarist Nick Cantese pleads guilty to sending sexually explicit photos to a 14-year-old girl. Yeah, that's
1: fucked up. I saw that, that, uh, oh. that news thing. Yeah, it's... Pretty unfortunate. The, the, the weird thing is that doesn't even. Did you
0: see the photo? That doesn't yeah, even it doesn't look even like like it. look
1: like him. Yeah, he shouldn't. No,
0: his I, hair and... I. I thought it was Eric Singer. It looks like <laughs> fucking Eric Singer. I I got a funny feeling that it's Eric Singer in Nick Canty's makeup. <laughs> <laughs> and I would see what Eric Singer was up to. But uh, what a damn shame. I mean, I've met Nick Canty's, and he yeah, was a, a, lot, yeah. a really cool dude and a great guitar player. I was really sad when he left. Black label. I mean, I I understood why he left because, you know, if you're in black label, it's all about Zach. You know, and if you got talent, which he obviously had, I can see why, you know, you would need to branch out to do your own thing. But goddamn, if you're sending dick pics to a 14 year old girl, uh, that's pretty fucked up. Now, the thing is, you know, nobody knows the whole story. Like, hey, did he know she was 14? Uh, you know or did he think she was like a regular chick that I don't know so you know I I don't want to fucking you know like castrate him right off the bat because it could be a different circumstance but I'll tell you what it don't look good on fucking paper I'll tell you yeah. that much uh, you, know, you
1: know you gotta be careful too because I mean a lot of these girls on Facebook they say they're older I'm not I'm not saying this is the case here I hope that this guy thought she was older and gets out of this, you know? But at the same time, goddamn, dude, I mean, you were in a big band. I mean, you know, you, you must
0: have, like, you know, groupies and shit. Well, always fact check because, yeah. I mean, you have any idea how many dick pics I sent to Mark Elton Taylor before I found out he was a guy? You know? <laughs> no, I, mean, I mean, The beard I, and the baldy head
1: didn't... didn't uh... I thought he was Italian. Man, you really need to fucking uh, ease up on the
0: drinking, dude. Hey, I, I I like attention. You know what am I gonna do? You know, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's an unfortunate uh, uh case, and 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 I hope he's proven innocent in some way, but uh, you know, because there was a band just recently, a band I'd never heard of, but they were accused on all these like rape allegations. And then, and then they ended up... You know, I saw this shit on Blabbermouth, and then they ended up getting exonerated... uh Exonerated, whatever the fuck, however you say that... Uh, from all the charges. So I, I hate to say somebody's guilty without knowing all the facts. And, I mean, fuck it. I only know what I read on Blabbermouth. So, you, you know, like I said, I'm not ready to castrate the fucking dude yet, but it don't look good. The, the only thing I will say is, like... Judging by that picture, I don't even think that's Nick Cantese. <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: I think it's Mark Allen Taylor. <laughs> it
0: does. It looks more <laughs> like him than it does fucking Nick Cantese. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Just but, kidding, Mark. I know it's scary. It looks more like me than Nick Cantese. I'm, 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 worried. You know, if I had some Grecian's men formula, that could be me. You know, he looks bloated and old, and that's me. You know. Uh, but well, uh,
1: I hope so. I hope uh, it's it's uh, one of those cases where she put the you know, the wrong year she was born,
0: yeah. So, so I always make sure the chick is of his age, you know. What I do is uh, you know, ask them what their first Metallic album was. If they say load, leave it alone because <laughs> not only are they 12, you, you know, but they have shitty taste. Mm. So, hi, Bill there. Wang. Hey, hello. Alrighty. In other news, uh, Sacred Reich is parted ways with original drummer Greg Hall. Uh, which is unfortunate. I love Sacred Reich. Uh, I'm glad that they're, uh, you know, they, they do sporadic shows. They don't do a whole lot of tours. Uh, you know, they're older guys and, and they have to work regular jobs. So I totally get that. But the last, I, I think, I don't know, maybe 10 years they've been doing the... Uh, like the European festival circuit. And, and that's a band. Unfortunately, they played here in new Orleans, but again, it was on a school night and it was a late show and I didn't make it. I would love to see that. Cause I'm a big fan of sacred, Reich. What do, what do you think of sacred, right? Ralph? Love them. I
1: mean, they kind of, you know, they, uh, after the heel album, I, I wasn't a fan of independence either. I mean, I'm a big fan of, uh, uh surf Nicaragua, uh, and, uh, the first one, ignorance and, and, And American Way is great, but boy, does it have a blemish how it ends. Like, whatever, 32 Flavors, whatever. Probably probably the worst song. It's it's at the fucking level of Brandon, you know? (laughs) And and the message of it is so disgusting. It's like, hey, man, you can like other stuff than metal, man. Like, get the fuck out of my face, you self-righteous prick. I'm sorry, I hate people like that. Hey, man, it's like you're looking down on people without even fucking knowing them, you know? It's like, oh, it's cool to listen to the chili peppers, man. How about it's cool for you to stick a chili pepper up your ass, and I don't want to hear that shit. Play something like fucking, uh, you know, No Believer, and, you know, fucking, you know, just stay with the fucking thrash, or go into and make a funk band, whatever. I mean, I'm not saying you're supposed to do it. If you want to do a funk song, go right ahead. But don't fucking add a message on there insulting your listeners. You know, it's like, what are you, the messiah of music? That I just hate that fucking song. Fuck, I like Brandon more.
0: Oh well, I'm I'm just glad to know it's cool to stick a chili pepper up your ass because I always felt weird about that.
1: <laughs> you know, you like
0: are. I like I was the only one. Well, Phil Ryan, follow Ian's lead. There you go. All right. Well, speaking of assholes uh, that are irritating, uh, Jeff Young, former Megadeth guitar player. Holy shit. Uh, I don't know if this is true or not. We'll soon (laughs) find out, because you know Dave. Dave is is quick at
1: replying to people.
0: Right. And and I don't know what would disappoint me more, if this was true or if it was false. But Jeff Young has come out and uh, publicly displayed a letter that he said was written to him from Dave Mustaine, uh, apologizing for all the bad stuff he said about him over the years. And he's talked a lot of shit about Jeff Young. And... You know, depending on whose side you believe, you know, it's come from everything from jealousy of guitar playing ability to the fact that Doro Pesh, you know, wanted to fuck Jeff Young more than Dave Mustaine. So um, really, I
1: I never heard that one. I heard I heard Dave Mustaine say that he he hit on his fiance.
0: Uh, I think I, I've read that. I know there was some shit uh, Jeff Young had said in the past that there was some jealousy over Doro Pesh. Well, let me tell you something. That's nothing you read. Dave
1: Mustaine actually said it on MTV that he hit on his fiance. Oh, okay. So, he's out. so if that's true, then Dave Mustaine has no right to apologize to the guy.
0: Right. He totally
1: Richie Coxied him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How dare you fuck a woman? It was Ricky. That oh, same yeah. shit. Yeah, whatever. CC, hey,
1: you hear that, dude? My neighbor's playing a poison song. Wait, hold on, listen. There you go. You
0: heard that one? <laughs> oh, that was off of Flesh and what Blood. What a coincidence! Huh? Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, Parts and Blood. Yeah, that was that. That wasn't the
1: demo. That was the actual version.
0: <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, you know, he says Dave wrote him this big apology letter, and what's so pathetic about it is uh, he's saying Dave said, "Hey." You know, we're eligible for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now. Like, and there's been no mention of them going in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, the only way they could be eligible is, like, the eligibility is it's got to be 25 years after your debut album. Which, by that, you know, level, yes, they are eligible. But I've never heard any mention of them being up for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, but it's like, oh, I'd like you to be there, and I'm sorry I did all this, and I, and I did that, you know, and... I was actually jealous of your tar-playing ability. So I don't know if this shit is true, but if it is true, what an asshole thing for Jeff Young to post this, because that's a personal type of letter. And I don't care, you know, why ever you're mad at at, at Dave Mustaine for what he's done or hasn't done, uh, that's not a way you go about Mended Fences is posting that, you know, in a public forum. So... Uh, I, I have a hard time believing that Dave Mustaine is that humble or yeah, nice. I,
1: I, yeah, I, that's why I think Dave will reply if it's bullshit. If not, maybe he will stay quiet. If Dave remains quiet, then right. it's true.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I'm surprised I haven't heard about it. <laughs> you know, already today you think you'd have a, a response from Mustaine. But, uh, you know, let's let's pay attention. You know, we're recording this on Wednesday the, what, 17th? Uh, let, let's see if there's another... Uh, rebuttal here soon. But if he was being sincere, yeah, I think that's a, a shitty thing on Jeff Young's point uh, to to make that public, uh, you know, air it we'll, out. We'll
1: find out once Dave uh, takes a break from uh, praying to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not that I believe anything out of fucking Dave Mustaine's mouth either, but but there you go. But you yeah. know,
1: Brian Slagle released a book not too long ago, and he offered Megadeth
0: Yeah, so. Like
1: an amount of money, and then Combat offered just $100 more, so Megadeth went to them. Dude, once he said that shit, Dave came out saying, I would have never signed with your shitty label, blah, 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 blah. And that was a real quick reply. So, who knows? I have a feeling Dave will reply if it's a lie.
0: Right. And if if not, I would still expect a reply, you know, because he can't stand to look bad. All right. Well. Black Sabbath drummer Bill Ward's to release a limited edition book slash vinyl set of his artwork. Which, uh, which I didn't, uh, I, I gotta admit, I didn't read this whole story, but like, what, uh, I don't know what music is being accompanied with this. Uh, but I, I, I would like to see his artwork, and also I heard that he was hospitalized recently for having another heart attack.
1: Damn,
0: man! Yeah, that was like you—you uh, you didn't see that last month?
1: No, I saw that story about the book, but I didn't
0: see that. No. Yeah, well, last month, you know, he was supposed to do a very short West Coast tour with his new band, and uh, like on the heels of that, he had a heart attack and was admitted in the hospital. Which kind of made me think about like what you hear about, you know, you know, Black Sabbath side of it. Well, at least what Ozzy said about. This, this guy just isn't physically capable of doing a fucking tour. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, you know, they always say, you know, like the Extreme album, there's three sides to every story. So, you know, I don't, I, I don't doubt that they gave him an unsignable contract. But then there's part of me is like, maybe they knew he wasn't capable of doing the tour. In either case, I think they should have done what you said let Bill do the album, let somebody else do the tour if he's not physically capable. Uh, So I totally agree there, but uh, it's unfortunate that he had another, you know, health setback and, you know, Oh, I, you know, it would devastate me, you know, to, you know, for the loss of bill Ward, but uh, Hey, I would like to look into this. He is my favorite drummer of all time. uh, And I wish him a speedy recovery and I wish him nothing but the success uh, man, it'll but,
1: hit me hard if that guy passes away I mean, it'll crush me
0: Yeah, I'm, I mean, he he is He's my favorite, favorite drummer of all and time And
1: speaking of which We should talk about a Fast Eddie Clark
0: Yeah Man,
1: yeah. that hit me I didn't see that one coming yeah. I, did, I did a tribute to him we, 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 we didn't have news last week So we didn't discuss it, obviously But man, you know When I did my show And I was playing some of that Fastway stuff. I mean, you know, uh, Fastway is, that first Fastway album is so classic. It's so good. It's just so good. All Fired Up's not bad either. Trick or Treat, I know a lot of people have sentimental value. I love it. I love it. It it is a great movie. I'm not going to, but to me, comparing that to the first album is, you know, it's not even close, but it, it does have its moments. But dude, listening to that song Heft.
0: Oh, oh I love it.
1: God, man, that song is so heavy, and Dave King sang so good. And oh man, it, it was like fuck, dude. Now the you know the the classic, you know, which a lot of people oh now the original Motorhead no, it's the classic version. Right, of Motorhead. I mean, in right. a way, it is the original because you know the first one was kind of let me hey man, I got to do something.
0: Right, but he well, didn't really like solidify he, his. Like you know, said, it's who's on the album. Who's on yeah. the debut album, you know? But uh, it is yeah.
1: definitely the classic lineup, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, and that one, what really sucked is like a day or two before that happened, uh, there was an announcement on Blabbermouth that Mickey D and uh, and uh, Phil Campbell were doing uh, tribute concerts. Right. And the first thing I thought of is like, oh, God, it'd be so great to see... Fast Eddie get up, because in my mind, I'm like, oh, Fast Eddie's got to be part of it, you know? He's got to get up at least for a couple of fucking songs. I would have, too. Oh, of of course, you know? And, you know, Fast Eddie made amends with Lemmy and the rest of the band. There there was no, like, ill will between uh, Phil and and, uh, Fast Eddie. I mean, everybody got along. He played on many of, like, special you know Motorhead concerts he was part of like the 25th anniversary the 30th anniversary you know shit like that so I was like oh god yes I can't wait to see Fast Eddie at this cause he's the last original member and man when I saw that thing I was so like fuck ah, you know and I put up this post and it was great because it drove assholes away from the page cause, cause I posted I, I said what the fuck I was like all of classic motorhead is dead and Sammy Hagar is still breathing our air do you still believe in God and and, and we were able to get rid of a couple of people on on the Facebook page and it was great I, I I did one of yours Ralph which I'm so proud of is I didn't even have to kick somebody out of the band I just said bye and they left and I love that <laughs> that was yeah. great like, like hey I don't even have to get rid of you. <laughs> Because as as you may or may not know now, I add a separate, uh, there's another question now. Not only do you have to say who's the, who's the only singer for Van Halen, you have to admit that Sammy Hagar sucks. <laughs> and so, so I made it foolproof that, you, you know, you have to get through this to get on the page. It really but,
1: is. I mean, I know I've deleted a lot of people on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast Facebook page, but it's, it, the reason behind it, you know, it's like, I've got a bad reputation. I got this reputation that I can't deal with people that disagree with me. And, you know, nothing can be further than the truth. I mean, you just, I, I just can't deal with people that insult me. Or, right. you know, there was one instant where I deleted one guy. And and this, I've never deleted somebody over this. But this guy just came on whatever. I don't know even if I posted it. Some, somebody posted, I think it was a Led Zeppelin post. This guy was relentless, like bashing Led Zeppelin, he wouldn't stop while well, everybody was like, yeah, well, I like him, well, you, they suck, blah, blah. and then I go, you know, and after like fucking 20 minutes of this shit, I go to the guy, well, what do you like? And he kept avoiding the question, so then I finally said, tell me what you like or you're fucking out of here. And he, again, he did, ah, Led Zeppelin sucked. And I was like, everybody say bye to this guy, you know, and then you know, the people that just show up just to start drama and bullshit, you know, I, I delete, you know, and then people that just flat you know it's one thing for me to disagree with you and start a discussion over how no well uh, if you think that way then you're wrong because I've had discussions with people that oh I don't like this because of something that has nothing to do with the music so and then you know we go back and forth and then they get a little you know uh, a little heated but I don't delete them it's people that are insulting to me uh, that that insult me I mean the last person that I, I that left the page Was insulting me left and right And I didn't really delete him But at the end I ended up saying You know, it'd be nice if you left And his his reply to me Was uh, uh, something like Oh, I'm sure you'll pat yourself in your back If I leave I go, well, fuck yeah, I will I mean, why would I want somebody on the page That has admitted You don't like me So leave You know, why are you even here Why are you going to be on a page Where somebody bothers you That doesn't ever say anything toward you it's like, right. dude, I'd appreciate it if you skedaddle. And he did. So I thank you for leaving. Well, I, I, I didn't have to, like,
0: delete you. You know, and, and that one, man, that one really upset me. I because, don't even want to talk about that guy. No, yeah, no, no. But but I'll just, you know, without naming names. I, I, I like this person. Me too. Uh, you know, and I was like, and it really caught me off guard. I was like, damn, dude, I like you. But at the same time, uh you know you you and me are brothers and you did nothing to this person i can see if you were a prick to this person but you did nothing to this person and this person talked shit about you
1: not the first time well it, i don't know
0: if he talked shit about
1: me before but he was right, upset
0: with me before right right
1: there, there, there was issues in the past and
0: the issues were resolved because it was a misunderstanding on his right brother. right 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 but 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 the thing is you you never attacked this person. You never did anything, but yet they talk bad about you. And, and I've it, always said nothing but nice things about this person. It, exactly, and that, and that's why it really disappointed me because I like this guy, but I had to take your side. You you did nothing wrong here. You did nothing to provoke this person, and it was just like, man, they they had a thing for you, and, and I'm the same as you. Like if you don't like us, leave. Then 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 leave. Don't listen. Uh, you know, and it, and it sucks because still, like, I I don't hate this person, but at the same time, it's like, why why are you picking on Ralph? What did Ralph Ralph never did anything to you? And at the end of the day, I'm I'm on Team Ralph. You're you're my partner. You, you know, you're my ace, Boomku. Cool, you and, know, yeah,
1: and you saw what I did. I did nothing.
0: You know, to deserve right, right. that, no, I and, really and, didn't. If you and, don't
1: like me, that's fine. Just leave. And don't I go got, around talking behind my back.
0: I, I gotta say, the way you handled it, I thought was very uh, professional and very sincere. You're like, "Hey, man, I'm disappointed you're doing this because I've always talked nice about you." You handled it very adult. You didn't go on the attack. Uh, well, but that I'm, was
1: until I heard him talk behind my back, and then I said a, a couple things. How, not really toward him, toward people in general that talk behind people's right,
0: back. Right, right, but but no, I I thought I I. I was very proud of the way you handled it. And I, and I thought you, you represented yourself. Uh, I, I think you detached yourself from the situation and handled it probably better than, than I would have. And I was very proud of you. I was like, man, what he said was articulate, uh, uh, was sincere. And, and, and first and foremost, you did nothing to uh, warrant that kind of bullshit. So I'm all on your side. I hate to see this person go, but what he did was wrong and he shouldn't have done it. So you're gone from the page. And another thing I want to throw out there is I deleted somebody from the page recently that has been on this page for years and contributed a lot. And I thought was a really cool person, but this person doesn't like my personal page. And that, and that's something I want to throw out to here. I keep shit separate. There's stuff I do on my personal page that I don't do on the wads of the world page that I don't do on the combat page I don't get political I'm a very political person uh, I have very staunch beliefs that I believe in 100% but I keep you know, the podcast and the radio show separate from that sometimes there are stories that interloop but I never do anything that doesn't involve music Like I never put anything about my political beliefs unless there's something music related where like hey you guys can make your own decisions but this guy just came on my page and going off about a post I put And was very much like like a dick in the post It wasn't like I just don't agree No it's like fuck you and all this shit I was like you know what fuck you too
1: Even the people I don't delete
0: on my page There's
1: right. one guy and I'm not going to mention his name But one guy just keeps go- Like you know he picks at me And I and then I ended up having Like uh, an argument with him and, and I always get the last word Because I always have a way Of saying something where they can't answer me and, oh, yeah, it's my ego showing. No, it's the fucking honesty. And, you know, uh, I'm old, dude. I have a lot of experience. And and if you write something like, I'll give an example, like Black Sabbath sucks. They're terrible on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast page, my group page. You're talking shit about my favorite band. I'll like, still ignore it and keep scrolling unless I get asked a question. That's your opinion. You don't like Black Sabbath? Right. My condolences. I'm just not going to fucking argue with you about it, you know? That's that's how I feel, you know? And there's people all the time, you know, that, hey, you know, I post something I like, and then somebody has to say, well, that sucks. It's like, okay, uh, I ain't going to reply to that, but if you're going to write something, you know, to say something, a lie about it, then we're going to have a discussion, you know? That's it. I mean... I I get, you know, and, you know, according to this person, a lot of people talk shit about me and I think personally, the people that talk shit about me are people that I've had problems with. I deleted, but if there is people out there talking shit about me, that's nice to me at the same time, I will find out. So you might as well just tell me what your problem is, write me and, and, and discuss with me, dude, Ralph, why are you like this and that? And we can talk it through. Don't be like this, dude. That's just going to write that I'm uptight and this and that. It's like, dude, you don't know me. You know, if I was really uptight, why the fuck would I allow, you know, Poison and Bon Jovi on the, on the, on the rock and metal combat page? But you know what? I'm done talking about it. I don't want to explain myself anymore. I know who I am. If you think I'm a dick, then you're fucking wrong. I can't be a nicer person. I love people, man. I do stuff and I'm not going to say what it is. But I do stuff. I fucking love people. I'm not one of these assholes that I hate people. Like if I'm in a drive-thru to get something at, you know, wherever, and there's some douchebag in front of me fucking taking up all the time and making me wait 20 minutes, it's not going to make me hate people. It's going to make me hate one douchebag, you know? Uh, But there's people that will fucking see one idiot and think, oh, everybody sucks, you know? People suck. No, fuck you, man. There's great people out there and i i love people man i don't show it on the page on 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 the on the what do i I do show it on the page but i, I you know i'm here i play an act and according to this person yeah right it's an act it is an act i don't give a fuck if you believe me or not i know myself that's all is to it and to go to one of my personal friends to try to say shit this guy that i've known for 20 years that knows me well believe me you no matter what you write he's going to read like he said to me dude, this guy doesn't know a fucking thing about you. And which this person did, you know, I, I actually went to a personal friend of mine and, and, and said shit about me. And it's like, it got back to me and I'm like, yeah, dude, he, he just, he thinks I'm this person. I'm not because I play this role on the podcast and I play this role. Like sometimes on the, on the Facebook page that he thinks I'm this person, you know, even, even text messages, dude, you can text message somebody and it'll come out wrong. Right. You know, you need to be face to face. You need to know somebody If that motherfucker knew me for 20 years. Like my personal friend, he would never think in a gazillion years. I'm this person. He thinks I am, but fuck him. I don't care. Let him think what he wants. And all you fuckers that talk shit about me, have fun. You know, especially those that are nice to my face. I will find out because karma is my friend and I found him out and I'll find you out. But I don't I hope I don't. I really hope I don't because I don't want to be disappointed anymore because I really like this guy, and I don't want to find out like another idiot is talking shit about me. That's actually that I think is cool, you know. Right. So do me a favor and get to know me, talk to me, send me a message, and find out who I am before you fucking run around and tell somebody that is pretty much known as the enemy of our page, you know, shit about me. You know, it's like fuck. Even that guy I'm sure, like, understands me more than than uh, that dude. Well, whatever. I'm done. Yeah. I don't even. I not even want to bring well, this up.
0: Well, 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 well my, my thing. I mean, I mean, that that's fine. That's you. One thing I want to say uh, to the listeners out there, and I'm not. I'm not even going to beat around the bush. Uh, you know, you know what the problem I've had with a lot of listeners is. Uh, I fucking hate Trump. And on my personal page, there's a lot of political shit. Now, if you love what I do on the show and you you think it's funny and you enjoy the show. Stay on the show page, because I, I, I don't get into that. If, if you like the show, but you disagree with me, that's fine. But if you want to be my personal Facebook friend, and I let anybody on. If you want to be, you know, I don't go, I don't make you through, jump through hoops. If you want to be in my friends group, fine. You know, I try to be, uh, you know, approachable to everybody that's good enough to listen to this show. Leave I, Ian's yeah. personal
1: page yeah. quietly. Quietly what? and yeah. stay and stay loving the show because you love
0: the show obviously. If you're it, on exactly. If, if you don't, because like, I've had listeners on the show that uh, I, I see what they post. It's nothing what I'm about. I don't agree with it. I don't unfriend them, but I unfollow them because it, it's it's not the shit I want to see. It's not the shit I believe in. I don't. I you know I've got enough shit in my Facebook feed, so I'll unfollow you, but I don't unfriend you. You know, it's not the end of the world. We just disagree. Yeah, you know? it's
1: not, a, and I don't even see what the big deal is. To tell you the truth, you hate Trump, so what? I don't yeah. really. Yeah. I'm not really like you, Ian, and I'm not gonna. I'm not pro-Trump either. I'm not yeah. anti as anti-Trump as you. But yeah. I, I understand, dude. You're an American. You're in America. You're yeah. you have the right to speak how you feel, and for right. by people to be offended by that is commie shit to me.
0: But first and foremost ralph is my partner and i respect his opinion and i respect how he stands so so don't come crying to me if if, if you start shit with ralph and, and he kicks you off I'm, I'm sorry it's our page we're a team and and and,
1: and it's dude, it's really extreme that i kick somebody off no no and, and the reason why i deleted this kyle reese character uh, from the combat page. It was starting bullshit. It was starting drama. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ky- Kyle Reese didn't uh, Post anything to start shit with people but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's uh, people were like accusing him of being somebody else And I saw it going on and on and I said, you know, what? Well, well, no, this but, guy's but
0: it, out. it was one of those things Like I saw you posted like I don't know what it was. It was a gay ban and then he was like uh, Gay lives matter and I know exactly what you're doing. You're trying to get political and I don't even do it. I'm, I'm way more political than this person, and I don't do that on the page. I've posted two political posts on the page. They both had to deal with Axel Rose, so it's music-related. And both times, I never left my opinion. I, post, I simply posted the story and let you guys take it wherever you want to take it but it was music related
1: if you don't like me i don't get offended by that i get offended if you don't like me you stick around yeah and you don't like me for things that i'm not right of course i'm not gonna like that it's like you know what i mean this person flat out said i don't like you and i'm like then why are you here right. you know that you should leave if you don't like me i even said dude if you don't leave Ian's gonna delete you because you were pissed you know you're pissed off at the fact that this guy was talking to somebody else about business on the fucking podcast page right you know you're pissed off at the fact that this guy was talking to somebody else about business on the fucking podcast page. yeah and
0: and, and, and what made me even more mad about that is not only the fact that i like the individual but i knew you had done nothing to warrant it so i'm like you know i could see like if you attacked you you didn't do anything except praise this person oh, i
1: did and, attack after i found out not well, well, before
0: Yeah, not before, but I mean, the whole thing was started because of what was said, but it's like, look, and and even, you know, you said, you know, you guys had a prior uh, disagreement that was settled, that was squashed. Yeah,
1: because back then I actually thought, I actually felt bad. I was like, oh man, this guy's got me wrong. Let me fix it. And I did fix it, I thought, but obviously the guy still had resentment toward
0: me. Well, what's funny is the first time there was a disagreement, that's when you and I did the fake fight. You know, it, which was a long no, time and ago. And also
1: the whole thing with uh, you write my coattails and put Ralph before Ian. I mean, this guy really took that shit serious. He thought right, but I was, it was being mean to you. I mean, I'm like, right. is Ian a bitch? Is he a bitch that he would have me on the show if I really felt this right. way toward him?
0: Right.
1: I mean, it's not the most intelligent right. uh, uh, person to think about stuff like that. That's all. That, you know, let's yeah. end this i don't even want to talk about it. i think we covered it quite well
0: all right well it's sad that eddie clark is dead let's, let's say that it's
1: sad that eddie clark is dead but it's also great to know that i have a friend that's known me for 20 years that knows the real me and her read your uh, words to him and he said it's not ralph you
0: know right. whatever all right well in good news Rob Halford says the firepower album sounds like it was recorded by a young fresh metal band.
1: Let me tell you something, man, that lightning strikes song is awesome.
0: I think lightning strikes is man. If the rest of the album is that good and they say it's a varied album, which we both agree is an important uh, aspect in Judas priest album, because there should be a lot of light and shade. All the classic priests have that light and shade. I'm very, very, very anticipating this album. I dug it. All right, well, one more story before we go, before we get into this great album we're going to talk about, and that was the passing of a great music producer, uh, Chris Tangeris, or Tangeris? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. He had
0: something to do with
1: with the most underrated Black Sabbath album, fucking uh, uh, Eternal Idols. And he he was a co-engineer on Sad Wings of Destiny.
0: Yes, and he also produced Painkiller by Judas Priest.
1: Yes, and uh, uh, Anvil's Metal
0: on Metal. He's got a lot of killer albums. Yeah, yeah, a lot of killer albums. And and anybody who worked with him, you know, had nothing but kind things to say about him. And uh, again, it, you know, it, it sucks we're getting to that, uh, you know, to that age where we're going to keep losing... Uh, you know, classic musicians, you know, producers, people behind the scenes, the stuff that we love, uh, man, it ain't gonna get any better. (laughs) It's just gonna get worse. But yet, somehow, Sammy Hagar's still alive. Yeah, so, keep your fingers crossed. Maybe we'll lose a shit one. All right, well, one more story before we go. Before we get into this great album we're gonna talk about, here's a tour, uh, I'm excited about, I don't know how you feel about this, but this is a rumored tour for North America. Slayer, Lamb of God, Anthrax, Testament, and Bohemoth.
1: Yeah, I hope it comes here. I like uh, all those bands except for Lamb of God, but uh, Bohemoth rules.
0: Slayer has never let me down. I don't care who's playing in the band. And the the last show I saw, which was, you know, with the current lineup of Gary Holt and Paul Bostoff, was probably one of the best Slayer shows I've ever seen. The set list was really good. You know, for a band that kind of does the, you know, unfortunately a lot of the same set list, they threw in some good, you know, like sleeper hits from Hella Waits and shit. And uh, it was a really, really good show. Uh, So I hope that tour comes here. But the band we're talking about this week couldn't be further from Slayer. And that is... Stuart Copeland, Andy Summers and some guy named Sting so what do you say we talk about 1980's Zenyatta Mandata let's
1: do it alright now it's time to record the 1980 yes sir fucking A man I got it right uh, album by the police Zenyatta Mandata yes Um, I don't recall I, I believe the first time I heard anything from this album was do 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 da da da
0: That was the first single. Yeah, I do remember. I'm sorry, that was the second single. Second
1: single. Well, it was the first single that I heard. So, but um, yeah, it was uh, the first Police album I didn't run out and buy because I'll never forget the summer of either 78 or 79. It had to be 79. uh, On the beach with my friend Yai, the same night that we were supposed to see Journey with Thin Lizzy, was the first time I heard Roxanne. And we were, I was like, oh, I got to get that album. I like that song. So I ran out and bought that album. And then I remember hearing Message in the Bottle. I ran out and bought that. And then I heard Doo 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 Da Da Da. And I didn't bother to go buy this album. <laughs> then I heard uh, Don't Stand So Close to Me on a, on a pre-MTV show called Video Jukebox, which was shown five days a week. And every other day was the same program. Like one, one day, Monday you'd get, you know, these handful of videos. Next day you get different videos. And Wednesday you get the same videos from Monday and blah, blah, blah. So I, I fell in love with the song, but really at that moment, I remember um, there was just too many other albums I wanted to buy before that. Like, you know, it was fucking 1980, you know? Like everything was killer in 1980 in the metal world. So I, I didn't buy Zenyatta Mondada at Years later, uh, wow. on, on compact disc. I never bought it on vinyl, though. I do have it on vinyl now, which I found a use somewhere. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that's my story. What, what's yours?
0: Uh, I mean, I was just raised on this shit, uh, you know. Because, you know, my first memories, you know, really remembering shit would be around '78. Uh, a few things from 77, but mostly my memory started in 78. And my dad was just a huge police fan. And I, I remember just being memorized by the, by the cover of this. You know, when I was a kid, there was something uh, magical about vinyl. Maybe it's because I was so small and the record just seemed so huge. So, you know, the artwork, you know, and like, at that time my dad had cassettes as well. But most stuff was all on, all on vinyl, you know, and just... Being a little kid and holding up this big, you know, uh, you know, to me is like almost like a picture, and uh, looking at it, you know, it was always getting played in the house, and I just love. And what a what a band to be introduced to, you know, at, at such a young age. And my dad always had a quality sound system. You know, he would spend a lot of money on top of the line speakers and receivers and all that shit. Even though he treated his records like shit. Uh, he, he always had a great sound system, and The Police is one of those bands like you have to hear to fully appreciate. You have to hear on a good sound system. You know, this is this is something you listen to on your phone. You know, unless unless you got you know good headphones or something. But you know what I mean. You listen to it on your computer; it's lost. You know, on little shitty computer speakers, or, or you know, just on your phone. But through a good sound system or with great headphones. Uh, just some of the, the, the best sounding records I've ever heard. It's almost like, uh, you know, Steely Dan in and, and their precision and how you hear every little nuance of every instrument. Um, so I was always a huge fan. But this uh, this sound was, you know, kind of an end of an era with the police because they would change their sound uh, quite a bit with the next two albums. But the first three, I believe, just have a certain something that ties them all together. You know, just like the first three Blue Easter Cold albums or, you know, you you could say the first three Kiss albums or, uh, you know, even first three Sabbath. They all have something that kind of ties them together. And, uh, and I just, ooh, I, I such a huge Police fan. For, for a band that, you know, only has five studio albums, uh, man, maybe more bands should follow that <laughs> and leave before they, they start doing shitty stuff. Uh, even though the last two records, I don't like anywhere near as much uh, as the first three. I, I still love them. And
1: uh, well, I, 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 I will tell you, the next two albums I like way more than this one. Really? Yeah, wow. I got a problem with this one. We'll talk about it. Oh, oh boy! I, and and I think actually the, the 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 sound is, you know, I mean, it is your you know typical you know three four minute song like the first two albums, but the sound of this album is. I feel very different than the first two albums, with the exception of one song.
0: Wow. Yeah, I I do have a problem with this album. Yeah, I can't wait to hear your wrong opinions. (laughs) Yeah.
1: They're very wrong. Oh, oh, I know already. (laughs) Ooh, they're so wrong.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Wow, that that, that shocks me. Good thing I got alcohol.
1: I've always had a problem with this album. Always. That's why it took me so long to buy it. But... I bought it on the strength of the really good songs on here. Because it does have some awesome songs. I agree. Then it just has some throwaway shit that I don't even know why they even bother to put it on here. Alright, I'll take the opening song. Don't don't stand so close to me. Right off the bat, I feel like the placement on these songs are just terrible. This song is a great song, but it should have opened side too. I think it's an awesome song. It's a strange opener. I just don't understand the opening of this. I feel, you know, it's just the placement's all fucked up. Uh, but regardless, it is a great song. And one of their best hits, hands down. I think it's, you know, I mean, I'm judging this song by their hits. Uh, one of the best police songs? No. But one of their hits? Yeah, it's one of their best ones. It's a great song. It's 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 awesome. The subject matter is... Uh, Very controversial, even though I don't remember it being controversial when I was a kid. But, uh, you know, about uh, a chick that has it hot for the teacher, and the teacher ends up banging the chick, I guess. I don't know. It it sounds like the the teacher's uh, interested, too, you know? But uh, I love Don't Stand So Close To Me. And no, I'm not burnt out on it. Thank
0: you. Uh, I absolutely love it. I think it's cool to open up the album just because I love the way it starts with that abstract Andy Summers guitar.
1: Well, let me uh, let me cut you off for a second. The, the way this song starts is a good way to open an album. But then the song it goes into is what I have the problem with. Not really the intro. The intro is a very cool intro for an album. That sound, you know, it's like the build-up, you know? But then it just goes into something that doesn't sound... There's other songs on here that I feel more... Opening worthy. Continue.
0: Okay. Uh, I I love it because Andy Summers is one of those players that you know it's Andy Summers when you hear it. And it's so weird and abstract. And, you know, he was the oldest member of the band. uh, But really came from a totally different background. You know, more like, you know, the English blues and shit like that. So where he discovered his signature sound... I have no idea because to me it's about as far away from English blues as you can get. But it's it's totally original and so stark. And I was really happy. I, I'd say when was it? Maybe around 2005 or so. There was a lot of bands that were starting to use that kind of guitar sound. Bands like uh, uh, you know Franz Ferdinand and and then the Killers and stuff like that. Who I mean I mean I know they're, they're nowhere near on the level as the Police, but guitar sound-wise, they were kind of using that abstract Andy Summers-esque sound, and I thought it sounded really fresh, you know, because, you know, for years, you know, starting with the 90s, all you got is the fucking drop D shit that was done to fucking death, so to hear something like that was like, oh, man, a breath of fresh air, much like this was, you know, when it came out, it it was so different.
1: Ah, the killers should have been called the fillers.
0: (laughs) No, I I agree. I'm not a fan of the band, but I'm saying they kind of went with that sound and stuff. Although, (laughs) I do think it's kind of ironic that the Killers are doing a memorial to the victims of Las Vegas. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, the irony. Well, they're they're a Las Vegas band, so I get that, but your name is the Killers, and you're doing a memorial to a bunch of people who got killed, so that's kind of weird. But anywho, uh, back to this song, I just love that. Dun, 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 you know, just, just weird-ass playing that I that I love. And then it goes into it, and, and it does it. I mean, it's a big change from the start of it to what the song actually is. Uh, but, I, but I love it, and it's very upbeat and poppy. Uh, but still, there's a dark underlining to it that I love. And Sting was a teacher, just like Gene Simmons, before he got started. And he even said back in the day that this was inspired he didn't say it was a true story you you know like note for note but there was a a 15 year old girl that was infatuated with him and he's like hey I kind of like those 15 year old girls too because when he was teaching you know he was in his early 20s so he wasn't that much older uh, than his students so that's definitely what you know gave the inspiration to the song Uh, the older he gets he downplays it a little bit more so maybe there is some truth there but uh, I absolutely love this one, but the police were never happy with the final version of it. Uh, they felt too rushed. They felt rushed with the whole you know, album, because you know, back then it was, you know, you put out an album every year, if not more than one, but you definitely had an album every year. Uh, and it blows my mind how artists back then could come up with such strong albums. You know doing an album every year and touring you know it's like tour stop you know you know go in the studio for six weeks and record an album bam and to make ones that solid when now the standard is like you know anywhere from two to you know five years between albums and half the time it's not worth the wait uh but uh i i love this song But they didn't like it And they felt the need To re-record it in 86 For that greatest hits And I never liked that version
1: Boy that shit's Fucking terrible That shit sounds so dated And so 80s With all the What what is that Computer music Whatever the fuck Oh yeah Terrible Terrible terrible
0: Yeah there there was an album Came out called Don't Stand So Close To The Singles Yeah Uh, Came out in 86 And it was actually The last thing they did Before they broke up And uh I believe that was done after Sting did the Dream of the Blue Turtles album. And there was talks about how they were going to get back together. I know they played an Amnesty International concert in Atlanta. I want to say that was in 86, or 87, and that was the last time they played together, you know, before they broke up. And they made an attempt to get into it, but it was just like, by then Sting had already had success on his own. And just said, ah, what the fuck do I need, you know, the aggravation of these guys? Because this band did not fucking get along. But in, in most cases, that makes for great fucking music. Van Halen, Van Halen, uh, you know the fucking Stones. I mean, I mean the list goes Trash on. Crash or die, crash or die. Yeah, the list goes on of bands that really don't get along. But man, they fucking you know Pink Floyd. But bands that just they complement each other and need each other so much. And, and you need that person to say no to, and, you know, I think Sting definitely needs some people to say no to, because I, I, he's a great songwriter, amazing bass player, very underrated bass player, but man, without Andy Summers and, and Stuart Copeland there to fucking rein him in, you just get a bunch of Save the Rainforest, I Love You mumbo jumbo, you know, and it, it, it's a goddamn shame that, oh, I just feel robbed that there could have been so many other great police, on. but maybe there couldn't, maybe they knew that, and that's why it ended, but you know, I got a feeling Sting's the one that fucking you know, he you know he has the power to say yay or nay. There's no doing it without Sting, you know. But uh, but no, I, I, I love this song, and I, I think what they did with it, the first time was perfect. It was it was not a message in a bottle, but magic in a bottle, and uh, just absolutely amazing track. But then it leads into the next one, which oh my god. I love this song Driven to Tears this has everything I love about the police in, in one fucking song uh, the fucking bass that stark guitar the cymbal work by by Stuart Copeland and that's what I love so much about his drumming and he would probably be uh, my number two drummer of all time behind uh, thanks behind Bill man me, uh, behind me right no behind Bill Ward oh fuck uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take both of them over Bonham any day of the week, and that's no disrespect to Bonham. I love Bonham, but I'll take both. But well, you're guys.
1: just trying to be countercultural.
0: No, no, and I would take uh, I would take uh, Neil Peart over Bonham too. I love Bonham, but but I I think those other drummers just have a little bit more. Where Bonham's got one thing, and he does it fucking amazing, and he beats nobody hits as hard as John Bonham.
1: You
0: know, I'll give him that uh, Phil Rudd, motherfucker. Hey, I love Phil Rudd, but I, Phil I, Rudd I,
1: hits it hard.
0: I I'd, I'd take Bonham over Phil Rudd.
1: But Phil Rudd hits it hard.
0: Yeah, he do hit it hard. Oh,
1: oh wait, I'm sorry, I, I was talking about drugs.
0: Yeah, yeah, he hit he hit that meth pipe hard. No, nah,
1: no, nah, man, but come on, man, like uh, the highway to hell. Even though it's like oh, slow, yeah. but I mean that guy. And and again, I will put up. I will. You get. John Bonham, sewer Copeland, and Neil Peart all together, and all of their arms will fall off if they attempt to do "Let There Be Rock" from the Paris show. On the, you know, it may technically not be the best, but what he does on drums, not a lot of people can do. Hit that drum that hard for eight minutes straight, same beat. No, I'm oh sorry. yeah, sorry, but, those those fuckers can't do it.
0: Uh, I, I would say probably the only drum that might come close to that is, is fucking Marky Ramone.
1: Uh, well, you, you don't discount Tommy because he, he he fucking learned everything. And Tommy showed him how to play that way. Because listen, to Dust, Marky Ramone's original band, Dust, the motherfucker was Bonham like, incredible drumming. But what he did in the Ramones, he totally changed his style all around because Tommy showed him how to play it. Right. Rest in peace, Tommy, and the rest of the, the rest of the Ramones
0: on the first. Yeah. One. <laughs> They're all dead except for Richie, C.J. and Marky
1: and Elvis. You remember, there was an Elvis Ramon? Did you know this?
0: Oh, that was... Elvis Ramon was... uh blondie yeah. drummer. Clem Burke. Yeah. yeah. And, and and he fully admitted he could not do it. And he's a good drummer. He's a damn good drummer. He's an amazing drummer. Yeah, but he, he he even said, he goes, oh, I was the worst drummer they had. I could not do... Because there's a style yeah. to the Ramones, yeah. dude. There's a style. Yeah. You know, there's a and, lot of
1: cymbal shit.
0: Yeah, and, and, there, and there's like... And... and in the police, I, I think you have it like with the guitar work of Andy Summers, there's a lot of songs where he keeps doing the same thing, but you have to do the same thing and keep that fucking rhythm. You, you know what I mean? And I mean, sometimes that's the hardest to do the same thing, but stay in time, you know, don't lose that. It's easy to, you know, veer off and do something else, but to, to be repetitive, but be on point, you know, that, I mean, a that very, t- very complex guitar yeah. player. to the
1: t- riff on a uh, message in the bottle. That shit oh, yeah. sounds difficult as fuck.
0: Oh yeah, and listen to his flamenco playing on, on Bring On The Night. You know, I mean, yep. it's fucking, oh my god. But this song uh, is one of the, it's a feast for the ears because it's so fucking precise and bright and uh, I don't know. I I, I think I, I think the Police might be my favorite three piece of all time.
1: Which which again, you what you just said precise and bright, where the first two albums are a little more unprecise and kind of dark. You See, that's why I see a big, uh, a sway. This album was a very big bridge to Ghost in the Machine. Ghost in the Machine went really out there. But uh, this one, it stayed with the formula, but it it made it brighter and a little more, I don't know if cohesive is the right word, but kind of like a little more uh, accessible.
0: There's a lot of songs on this that, you know, are trance-like, too. You know, it's just like... God, it, they're like hypnotic in the groove. It's just so... So fucking precise. But you're starting to see a change lyrically, too. Uh, because where a lot of the songs were basically, you know, love songs... You know, even 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 though they're very dark love songs... I mean, hell, you even got one about fucking a blow-up doll on the first album. Uh, but it's still a love song. Uh, here... Sting starts talking about more world topics and, and politics and stuff other than you know just himself and this was based on on a show he watched that the actual the, the show brought him to tears talking about starving children in, in the african country of uh, or city of biafra that's where jello Biafra got his name from uh, but uh you, you know so he's taking a little bit more of a world view but oh my God, it's just, uh, t- to me, a flawless fucking song. And I love the whole flow of, of side ones. Spoiler, I mean, just the way it goes into, you know, songs go into one another. It's like you, you got time for a short breath and then bam, you're hit with the next hypnotic groove. Because uh, I love the way this flows into the next song and, and, and so on and, and so on. But uh, this is fucking amazing and if you want to hear a really cool fucking cover of this and my mom sent me a link and i was like oh shit you know normally you know if your mom sends it to you it, it's gonna suck <laughs> you know because that's the kind of shit mom send to you on facebook um but robert downey jr sang this song at sting's 60th birthday concert and i've never heard robert Oh, downey i think jr. i've seen that yeah yeah i had never heard him sing before i'm like what the fuck kind of train wreck is this gonna be and, woo, God goddamn, he had a really soulful voice. I was really, really uh, impressed. But, uh, yeah, go on YouTube and check out Robert Downey Jr. doing Driven to Tears. Well, that's really cool that your mom sent you that link. My mom sent me a link of Two Girls in a Cup. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, I, I mean, how many films has she been in? No. You, you know, you got to watch them. I know. That's but, my
1: uh... mom, dude. You watch <laughs> it. Like the rest of the world. <know>.
0: Meow, Mr. All Alright,
1: Driven (laughs) to Tears. What do I think of this fucking song? Uh, I think it's the best song on the album. man, 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 Uh, has this cool jazz feel. Such a great vibe to this song. Stewart's drumming, Sting's bass, Summer's guitar tone, Sting's voice. Just hits the mark by all three. This song is like the perfect song. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's the perfect song if you're you know, if you're not like, you know, if it ain't metal, it sucks. Um, but, like this man. But at the same time, if you go listen to our uh, top 10 police song, I might have listed a song on here over it. Now that I look at because I was thinking of that while listening to this. I go, man, this is the best song on the album. But boy, this song here, I, I think I'd probably put higher on the top 10 because, you know, I changed my mind. Like, you know, Ian changes his underwear like once every other year. Whether I need to or not. Yeah. So, yeah, I love it, man. Driven to Tears. Amazing fucking song. Always loved this one. Uh, And when it comes on the radio, which does happen. uh, Wow. Yeah, yeah. Down down here, it it comes on the radio, uh, which is great. And I was like, yeah, Driven to Tears. I love this fucking song. I love the way Andy Summers does. Because everything is so precise. But then Andy Summers comes with this kind of weird solo that's not so precise.
0: Oh yeah, it's 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 almost like Frank Zappaesque. It's it's so weird and yeah, like those off notes, but it's it fits the song perfectly. Yeah, it
1: fits it perfectly, but at the same time it doesn't uh match the preciseness of the actual song. Which uh but he makes it work, which is genius, you know. Right. And then it goes into just like Heartbreaker and Living Love and Made, you know, when the world com- uh is running down, it's like one of those songs where you know, when I hear uh, Driven My Tears by the Radio, I expect to hear, you know, When the World's Running Down, you know, and it just like goes into, you know, fucking, you know, Jackson Brown running on him and empty and fucks up the whole thing. Fuck Classic Rock Radio, as Kevin Warhaft.
0: Yes, yes, fuck.
1: Uh, when the World's Running down, I think it's a killer album track, uh, and it's one of my favorites on here, along with uh, the two songs before this. It's a great growth from the first two albums, I think. Has somewhat of a different vibe A little more cohesive Like I was saying earlier It has I don't know It's just It's like The police It's like The police brand But with some kind of Polish on it That Not that polish They used on Hysteria You know It's a really Nice fine Polish where it doesn't Blind your eyes With gayness So uh, Yeah I like this song a lot When the world Is running down It's a good song
0: Make the best of what's still around.
1: Well, I didn't want to write it all down.
0: That's too long of a title. (laughs) Oh my god, is this good? That fucking bass. Oh my god, he's so good. He's so. I I don't know where that bass playing went on his solo records, and you know, I've I've got them all, and I've listened to them, and sometimes you can hear hints of it, but it's so buried in the mix, Uh, you know. But man, it's really brought up in the Police albums that. I mean, it's fucking... It's so good. And the way he interplays with, with Stuart Copeland, I mean, for two people who really... I mean, these guys used to beat the shit out of each other, literally. I mean, if you watch any of those these police documentaries, you know, you see it. There's even footage from that MTV thing with Martha Quinn when they start beating the shit out of each other. And, and it was for real. <laughs> you know, they just did not like each other. And, uh but oh my god, it, it it's so good. And it's like everything that I, I like about the previous song, Driven to Tears, is what I like about this. I mean, three instruments just in perfection. You know, just locked in a fucking groove. And uh, yeah, like you were saying, you know, songs you expect to hear. You know, this is a great follow. Unfortunately, in Central Florida, man, you very rarely heard police on classic rock. You know, they were more like, that's a faggot that locks trees. Well listening listen, to that shit. Play me some skinner son. You know? Uh, so you didn't you didn't get much outside of Southern Rock and the fucking Eagles. Yeah, well Skinner Florida.
1: Skinner sang about trees. Oh tree <laughs> you're in my way. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if you're too young to remember this, but do you remember Sertron tapes? Sertron.
0: Surtron, was that was that like a blank tape?
1: Yeah. Yes. Sertron was for the poor people like me. Uh, you can get like you know it, it didn't come in cases it came in like a plastic bag three right, of them. You, yeah. For a buck. Yep. And with us and those Sertrons would die. They I mean I don't, I don't have not one Sertron but I used to have many Sertrons as a kid cuz that's all I can afford. And the police played a local show in 1978 or 9 on the first album. They played the Agar Ballroom which later became the Button South. Which is where I saw the Ramones in 1980, and they and I saw them on stage. I don't know if I ever told you that story, uh-huh. but um, yeah, I was underage, and the bouncers in the back let me come in and watch the show from the stage, supervised by them. Uh, ed- end of the century show. Uh, tour. Nice. Uh, anyway, so uh, the police played there, and it was broadcast live on WSHE, and I recorded it on Surtron tape. And oh my God, I've looked for that bootleg Greg Barnes. Mr. Bootlegger, look out for that one. Um, Hallandale, Florida, a girl ballroom, the police. It had to be seventy nine, maybe seventy eight. It had to be seventy nine. I'm pretty sure it must have been seventy nine. And uh, boy, it was a smoking set. And I do remember them playing. Um, oh, what's that song off the second album, "Landlord"? Uh, on that first album tour, because it was the first album.
0: Well, land, land, "Landlord" was a B side, I believe
1: yeah they played it but it was a b-side on the second album wasn't it right yeah so they did play that at the show because i remember the first time i heard that song and uh yeah i just wanted to bring up that man i wish i had that recording because i do remember playing that fucking tape a lot well as much as search runner would allow me to play
0: (laughs) that's but dude i had thought about those in years but yeah i remember that in, in in the plastic packaging
1: they didn't yeah, even yeah, I have the
0: cases. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. <laughs> <Fucking> t-
0: <laughs> and that's all I could afford. TDK, what the fuck? I ain't made out of money. Yeah, no, yeah. I used to, have, I used to have that shit because I had the, I had the big boombox with the dual cassettes, and and I used to do that, copy tapes and shit like that, and yeah, sometimes that's all you could afford. But I, I know what you're talking about. You could, you could even tell when you held it. It weighed about half of what a normal cassette
1: Yeah, rate. it was a good fucking <laughs> And I also, back then, I used to have an 8-track recorder. Wow. Which, to this day, I still have my 8-track of when King Biscuit played, uh, it was Ozzy with Randy Rhodes. I still exactly. have that 8-track. Uh, yeah, an 8-track recorder, believe it or not. Wow. So, um,
0: I have an MP3 of that if you want.
1: Oh, I have it. Uh, okay. I have it actually on a CD called Another Tribute. Okay. Where you know there were bootleg companies like I think that one was oh boy, oh boy was a really good bootleg uh, company that put out CDs. So I have that. It's called Another Tribute.
0: I believe it was a Canada show.
1: Uh, can, I could be wrong, but can,
0: uh, can you believe though that cassettes are starting to make a comeback now? Yeah, that, I, I,
1: that 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 to me, man. You want to talk about fucking? You know, I get a lot of shit from you know. Well, no, not I don't. I can't say that I get a lot of shit. But I hear a lot of shit about vinyl collectors being hipsters. It's like, right. bitch, I've always been... The only reason I stopped being a vinyl collector because they stopped making vinyl. Right. But around 2008 or seven, I started to get into vinyl again. Before it made a resurgence, I was right. out there looking for all the fucking vinyl I gave away because of the CDs, because I got right. sucked into the fucking uh, hoopla of, oh, this is superior... To a vinyl, and you know, my mistake was the first time I bought CDs. Uh, one of them was Jimi Hendrix "All um, Are You Experienced," and yeah. I put that CD in, and all of a sudden, I hear like Jimi Hendrix's voice coming out of the left speaker with no crackles and pops, and so clear. And I'm like, "They're right, fuck vinyl." You know what I mean? So all I right. gave away all my vinyl. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them. And then uh, around 2007, I went on the hunt to get all my vinyl back. And it was hard to find it online back then, even on eBay. People weren't right. selling that much vinyl, you know? And now the great uh, 180 Gram is back. A lot of people... I've seen some guy... Who was it? So Some guy was bashing 180 Gram saying, it doesn't have the warmthness of the original...
0: What? Yeah, oh, yeah I'm retired. like... I'm like... Uh, but boy, we sure went off there. That's what yeah. this show's all about, though. Yes.
1: Unlike our copycats... Who suck.
0: Yes. They they have
1: no experience. They spend all their time at home. They don't go
0: out or nothing. They're losers. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, uh, we'll go into the fourth song, which they had to change the title due to threat of lawsuit. Uh, It ended up on the album as Canary in a Coal Mine. What was it called? Originally, it was called White Trash Childers in a coal mine in West Virginia. You mean Get- they had pull back then? <laughs> Getting railroaded by a bunch of brothers. It was a long time. Oh, but- uh, the race uh, factor, yeah.
1: I see. <laughs> it was politically incorrect.
0: Well, no, no, no. What what it was is people in West Virginia were ashamed of the Childers. Oh, they're the ones that sued. <laughs> yeah, people <laughs> in West Virginia. Hey, hey, we don't claim those Childers. Wow. But uh, I love this song. To me, it's a little bit of, of ska brilliance.
1: Well, you just uh, can't handle when somebody doesn't vote for the party you want to vote for. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong. That's Your right. facts
0: are wrong. <laughs> I voted for Trump because he's bringing back coal and Centron cassette tapes. <laughs>
1: Oh, then, I, then I'd start really... Uh, aim tr- I'll join your party, dude, if he brings back Sertron.
0: <laughs> no, nobody needs Sertron. Can
1: you imagine 180 gram brought to you by Sertron? <laughs> <laughs>
0: that would say. Oh, God. Uh, but uh, I, I love this one. And, and and this is a prime example. I was talking about uh, Andy Summers being able to hit that that, that, that same riff over, and over, you know, just that same strum, but so fucking precise. Uh, but but this is this is there. I mean, they, they already you know did a lot of reggae. But but you know in, in England, you know ska was the thing too, which was basically white kids doing reggae but just a little bit faster. And uh, I, I love Canary Coal Mine. Basically, talking about you know you're just a bitch who never leaves your house. You, you know uh, you're so afraid of everything in the world. You know you're just basically a a, a pussy. Who who never goes out besides your front, you know, outside your front door and experiences life. And I love it musically, I love what it says lyrically, and uh, I think it's a cool song. What do you think? I think it's the greatest ska
1: song ever written because it doesn't have annoying trumpets and sax. <laughs> it's such a fun song, and I could be wrong, because I never go revisit our episodes, but I bet you anything I'd probably put Canary in a coal mine over driven to tears in the top 10 police songs, which is wrong, but
0: oh, yeah, well, I, I this will be my second favorite song on the album. I, and the funny thing is I figured you were going to shit on this one.
1: Oh, no, no. I, I, it's definitely my top 10 in that episode we did. <laughs> definitely. Okay. Oh, I absolutely love Canary in the Cold Mine. Second well, favorite song on the album.
0: Well, I, I'm like a lot of our fans. I only listen to the Kiss episodes. Uh, I've never heard that police episode. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: only listen, like, I only listen to the REO one over yeah, and over yeah.
0: and over again. I'm one of those children in a coal mine just getting railroaded by the Childers. fucking Harlem Globetrotters. children <laughs> in
1: a coal mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Dude, what a fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, and, and, and here's the thing. I, you got to bring this up to, to, to shame this douchebag. So, so, you know, a lot of you loyal listeners know he he left the Facebook page over, uh, you know, my politics. Which really never came into if you follow my personal page, you see my politics. But the only time I got political on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast page is where I put a Guns and Roses video, where they had a Trump pinata, and he quit over that shit, defriended me, all the, all this fucking shit. So he don't want to know me no more. But then he creates a fake profile and joins my fucking Wadzilla World page. Well, that that's up
1: for debate because also I heard that fake fo- profile uh, belonged to somebody else with our good friend, which we would not mention checked the IP address and said it came from this person's town that wasn't Justin Childers. So that's up to debate. We can't really say. But I will say this. That person is one of Justin Childers' little, you know,
0: ass kissers. Right. So if he's
1: listening right now, he's probably shaking his boots.
0: Yeah, we know who you are, too. Yeah, we, I
1: think <laughs> it's that person. Just, you know.
0: You think it's him more than Justin? Well, yeah. either, either way, one of these people... This is how how sad you are. You have to create a fake profile to join my page just to see what's going on. You know, and I I find that very sad. Well, you know, I mean, look, look, I'm not on your
1: Justin Bashin team, but I'll agree with you on this. Even if that's not Justin, sure did sound like him with the comment you told me that person left. Yes, that's what Justin feels about you.
0: Yeah, yeah. It it, it sounded just like Justin. But then again, it could be this other person because I know his... His politics, too. In either way, I find it very sad. Oh, he's and, got
1: the same politics?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, by far. Mm. But I find it very sad. Like, like you have to do that. Like, You don't I, know my politics, though. <laughs> That's why we still got a show. I got a feeling. I got a feeling. But even if we don't, I don't give a fuck, dude. You know, there, there's nobody has more different politics than me and fucking Bushy. I'm Reagan Youth,
1: motherfucker. And I know we have a problem with that. But you were too drunk to remember that, Ian. I brought up Reagan when you're extremely sloshed.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't care for Reagan either yeah, yeah
1: we were you, we were extremely sloshed. I mean you were I was buzzed on the movie thing on the movie thing and I brought up how much I loved Reagan. then you went to his tirade I was like, next
0: movie. <laughs> yeah, fuck Reagan yeah. but 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 at the same time you know I, I liked Reagan when I was a kid. Uh, all right, well, next song. Voices Inside My Head. Uh, I love the dark, sinister groove in this, and it's like -like, trance-like, because there's really just like, you know, a a couple of lines that are repeated throughout the whole song. But uh, it just has this hypnotic beat that goes over and over again, and normally something like that wouldn't grab me. Like, you, you gotta have something a little bit more. But on this one, it fucking, it works for me. It, it, it works for me just because of the groove of it and and, and the trance like state and and the, the the sonic purity of the song i mean when it comes to the speakers it just it's like magic I don't know if it would work live um like a lot of their other songs would but on 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 record it sounds really good and uh i get the effect of it but i see where it might not be a good live song but it definitely works on here in my opinion what do you think bro
1: well, this is the one song I'd say that harkens back to Regatta with that Bring on the Night kind of vibe. Uh, right. Just nowhere near as good. Has that just Jamaican Bob Marley kind of vocal melody with that annoying
0: cha, cha, cha.
1: Yeah.
0: Almost kind of reminds me of Mosca Tango, too, off the first album. Yeah. Well, this song does
1: nothing for me except give me gas. It's oh. repetitious, and, and I want it to end. I don't like it. I'll, I'll go to the okay. next one. Bombs away! Ooh, Great drumming on this one. Another fun song. Has a very junior high vibe to it in lyrically. It's like it's like a kid comes home with a you know homework report on Afghanistan.
0: <laughs>
1: but but I can still hang, but barely. Uh, I could do with or without this song. It barely scratches the surface of interest for me. It would be a good filler. But since there's much shittier songs on this album, I feel like, eh, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't really... Uh, you see, if this album had no fill, no shitty songs, uh, I would really dislike this even more. So since there's songs coming up there it's just like, make this shit sound like fucking Driven to Tears, um, I'll, I'll give it a pass. What do you think?
0: All right, well, uh, you mentioned you, you love the drumming on this because this song was written by Stuart Copeland. Uh, this was his composition. I love it. It's kind of got that, uh, you know, musically and lyrically, it's got that "it's the end of the world" uh, and "I feel fine" kind of thing to it.
1: That's I like that song.
0: I, I love it. I love REM. It. Yeah, love that song. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it has that same feeling musically and <laughs> lyrically. Learning <laughs> how Bernstein. Yep. <laughs> uh, he's talking about, you know, hey, it's the end of the world and. We're dealing with it. And uh, I love it. I love the whole... Th- this this is the last song on the first side, if you're listening to this on vinyl. And I, I think, you know, the first side of this album is fucking perfect. It's way better than the second side. I will oh, give you that. that yeah, oh, that goes without saying. I, 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 I will give you that. This album is front-loaded. Because uh, it just has an amazing... Uh, first side, and then the second side, you do start to see, uh, for the first time, in my opinion, in the police's career, uh, some filler uh, drop in. I, I I will agree to that, but but I love bombs away, um, and uh, it it just sounds like they're all having fun doing it too. Even you know the guitar work and, and Sting's approach to it vocally and everything, um, you can just kind of feel the the joy in it you know even though it's talking about like hey you know fucking you know bombs dropping and all this shit going but hey we're not letting it affect us you know they're like hey you know we're not gonna quit the rock and metal combat podcast page you know cause we're bitches we're gonna stay there and fucking dance and I, I dig that so uh, I think it's dance the, around Ian's politics that's right <laughs> the, the way Justin Children's parents dance around his sexuality he just hasn't met the nice girl yet, you know. Uh, but uh, no, I, I think it's a great way to end side one. I love Bob's uh
1: Flip the album over there. Uh, flip that Sertron tape over there,
0: Ian. <laughs> yeah, we'll flip it over, and remember, it's Sertron. Yeah, side two is definitely Sertron which means you can only flip it over about five times before your fucking realistic tape player eats that shit. Wow, you're being Uh, modest. (laughs) Uh, do-do-do-do, da-da-da-da. Do-do. Da-do-do-do. Da-da-da-da. Uh, I I fucking love it. I I fucking love it. It's, uh, it's a silly fucking pop song, uh that sting says everything fell on death ears on what the song is about he, he said you know the first part he was just trying to write a simplistic sounded love song but he's saying the lyrics are actually deeper than uh, than most people got uh and he was talking about words and uh can i can i say something real quick because yeah.
1: let's see if i'm right okay um, listen, because the thing is, I did research on this album, because it's, it's, this is a police album I don't revisit. Right. I listen to a lot of police, but not this album. Right. do doo doo is happy, da-da-da is sad.
0: Nah, I didn't get that.
1: Okay. No, I thought that's what uh, Sting was going to say.
0: No? That, uh, okay. no, what, what he was saying, yeah, was gone. well, he said the title came from his son, like when his son was just a little kid, you know, his kids running around saying do da 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 uh, and, he, and he thought it sounded funny, and he wrote a song about it, but uh, here's what uh, here's what Sting had to say about the song in 1988. He said, I was trying to make an intellectual point about how the symbol can be so powerful, why our favorite songs, that Do Ron Ron and Do Wah Diddy Diddy, in a song I tried to address the issue, but everyone said, that's bullshit, child's play, no one listened to the lyrics. Listen to the lyrics, I'm gonna remake it again and put more emphasis on what I was talking about. So, I that just sounds like a bunch of gibberish to me. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, this
1: thing's a bit, bit of a flake. We gotta admit that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- anybody who can fuck that long, I don't trust. You know, I don't know that tantric yeah. su- sex. You know, I, well, I they just don't trust me. I I, I I just think it's bad pussy. <laughs> if you can, it takes you that long to come. That's a bad pussy.
1: Well, that's why that's why I'm still
0: single. <laughs> you know, like my old lady says, she goes, "Yeah, you're shitty in bed, but at least you're quick." You know, that... she <laughs> don't have to suffer that. <laughs> <much>. <laughs> yeah, that bitch. Uh, yeah, she's a work. Uh, but there's just something about it, and 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 keep in context. I mean, when this song came out, I was what six years old, uh, and it was just a. Fun pop song, and it was fun to say the do 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 the da da da. Uh, so where were we? Oh yeah, you were gonna tell me how much you hate the do 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 da da da.
1: Yeah, well, no, I really don't hate this song. Um, it it has warmed up to me, and when well, it inside me, you know, a little thing that leads up to the. You right. Know, and I, I even I like, like the song, dude. Who, who am I bullshitting? I just. It was just like one of those. Ah, oh, this ain't no message in the bottle, Roxanne. So fuck this album. Right. But but you know, it's not. It's a nice little pop tune, and uh, boy, it's it, it's pretty easy to make a song look good on side two. Let me tell you.
0: Well, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's kind of is of the, the lyrics are so uh, funny, it just shows you how far you can get with a good beat and good music. The That sometimes you can just say some da-da-da-da-da-da shit. And it doesn't matter because the music is so strong and catchy. You know, I I, I don't find any inspiration in this song lyrically. I I think lyrically it's a very weak police song who I feel have some great lyrics. This is not one of them. But it is a good song. It has. It
1: also reminds me of Pearl Necklace for some reason. The ZZ Top song. Yeah. I love Pearl Necklace. You know, it has that same.
0: You know, you know who
1: else loves a Pearl Necklace? Oh, let me guess. Um, mm, I don't know. I'm thinking of somebody's mom, but uh, the word escapes my, my, the the name escapes my mind at the moment.
0: It's spelled Childers, but it's pronounced Childers.
1: Oh, no, that's not the person (laughs) I was thinking
0: of. Not at all. (laughs) What a whore. What a whore. Good thing she's dead. All right.
1: Black lung.
0: <laughs> yeah, black lung. When the dick's that fucking long and it hits your lung. All, All right. right.
1: I'll take the next song. The Andy Summers penned Behind the Camel. Behind my camel,
0: yes. All right, yeah.
1: Well, this is pure garbage. It's droning, annoying guitars and a high sound effect. It just goes nowhere except the garbage can. You know, it's really, you know, you know what you find behind the camel? A big pile of camel shit. Yep. Fuck this song. Thank you. All and right. an instrumental, by the way.
0: Yes. An that's... instrumental. Yes, that they won a Grammy for. Yeah,
1: exactly. Which shows more proof this song sucks.
0: Uh, uh, th- this is one. Sting hated this song so fucking much, he refused to play on it. Andy Summers plays the bass on it.
1: I saw the documentary of Andy Summers. Did you see it?
0: Yes He yes. actually
1: discusses this song And why uh, Sting did not want to play on it
0: Yes And and Sting was so pissed off He walked into the studio one day While they were recording this And he saw the master tapes Sitting on the desk And he grabbed them Took them in the backyard of the studio And buried them yep, yep, <laughs> Yeah, Because he, he hated this so much And he wasn't alone uh, Stuart Copeland hated the song as well And said the only reason he played on it Was because he felt bad for Andy. Because he goes, if anybody got shafted in the police with their songs, it was Andy. He's like, he got fucked even more than me. And he goes, plus, you know, nobody else could play drums. He goes, that's the only reason I played drums on it. I happen to be in the minority that loves the song. Uh, (laughs) I I think it's eerie and it's spacey. And uh, I also love, Primus does a cover of this on their Miscellaneous Debris EP. Oh, how shocking. And, uh... And, and I, I I love it. I, I just think it's it's cool. It's different, and it's just eerie. That's what I like. But Andy's Andy's songs were always so weird. You know, like uh, you know, "Sally Be My Girl," which I love that song, off the first album.
1: Yeah, that's a good song.
0: Uh, that one I love. The
1: one on Synchronicity is terrible though. Oh, mother.
0: Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Oh, bad. my mother's on the phone. Delicious, oh, shit's terrible. But uh. But but I, I I I dig this one. I I think it's definitely the better of the two instrumentals on this album, uh, by far.
1: Yeah, two instrumentals on 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 side two. That's genius. Who the fuck put the place order
0: on this album? Yeah, but I I no 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 butts, Shut up. No, I understand what you say about the placement order, but in the defense, I I think one side one blows perfectly. There's just not as many strong songs on side two. I, I think the flow and the interaction on one is perfect. They just don't have as strong as songs on side two.
1: Ah, oh, this should have been an EP. All right,
0: there you go. All right, well, that's our uh, version of Behind the Camel. But, you know, hey, the Grammys think that Jethro Tull beat Metallica, and uh, this was the best instrumental of 1980. Millie Vanilli, greatest new artist. So there you go. Alright, well then we go into Man in the Suitcase What do you think of this one, Ralph? Like Canary in
1: a Coal Mine It's a fun ska song without annoying instruments You blow into And uh that's, This pretty much ends the album for me, man This is a great song This is the best song on side too Love Man in the Suitcase I like this song a lot I didn't like that live version that came and "Message in the box it Sounds kind of rushed and ruined right. I love the studio version It's awesome, love it
0: Uh, I, I I like the song. You probably like it more than me. Uh, Um, but, but I, but I dig it. And again, you know, I, my, my notes is more happy ska. Uh, and it's, 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 it's a fun, happy police song. Uh, but to me, I, I see it as filler. And that's why I totally agree that, you know, uh, side one blows away side two, but side one is so strong. That's why this is still my third favorite Police a album.
1: cute little song. Would that be
0: a man in the suitcase? It's fun and cute. It is. Thank you. It is. All right. Well, uh, that's about all I got for Man in the Suitcase. So next we go into the album's longest track, Shadows in the Ring. Uh, and I apparently you don't like this, but I love this song. To me it's it's a great dark reggae song and I love the echoey vocals on this. I love whatever effect they put on that. It sounds like, you know, the mics in the other fucking room. Um uh, but I dig it. It just I don't know there's just something that sounds dark about it that I like uh, and it, to me it sounds more like what you would hear on Ghost in the Machine than the rest of the stuff you hear on this album. It, it, it's very much got a Ghost in the Machine vibe to me. Uh, but I, but I, I really dig it Does it go on a little bit too long? Maybe But not so long that it fucking You know, I'm gonna fucking complain about it Like you're probably gonna complain about it uh, I digs it What do you think?
1: Yeah, after the first 10 seconds I thought it was going on too long <laughs> This is fucking terrible It's just a shitty song all over Does not seem to have any thought behind it repetitious garbage with some stupid guitar effects thrown in out of boredom in the studio is what it sounds like to me this is like music musical dingleberries fuck that song
0: alright but uh we go into the last song uh the second song written by Stuart Copeland the only or uh the other way of stopping what do you think of this
1: one two instrumentals on one side of the album only thing about this song is the drumming. It's good, good drumming. Sting and Summers are playing these stupid-ass, simplistic shit while Copeland is going ape shit. It's unbalanced as fuck. Uh, these last two songs are why I would call uh, yeah, this the worst Police album, you know. And uh, <clears throat> you know, like I said, if it was an EP, it'd be better. But you know, the fat. On this album outweighs the muscle, and uh, these last two songs to me it's 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 police
0: brutality. Well, I, I don't I don't know how you could say that because there's more songs on side one, and you liked all those songs except for what voices. No, what, no, no, it, uh,
1: no. No, it's like I gave a pass to bombs away and voices in my head, but they're kind of poor tunes.
0: Okay. All right, well, I, w- I will say this is the uh, worst song on the album. Uh, definitely should have been a B-side. Uh, you know, and this could have been like one of those things. They said they felt very rushed on this album, even though I think... There- <laughs> it shows. I-, I-, I think there's a lot of high quality on the album. I definitely like it more than you. Uh, but this is one that I feel definitely should have been a B-side. And, and The Police are a band that had You know, some quality fucking B-sides. Yeah, this wouldn't have been one of them. But it should have been a B-side, in my opinion. So there you go. My third favorite uh, Police album. My fifth favorite. Wow. Wow. See, my, my, my least favorite, Synchronicity. That would be my fourth favorite. Okay.
1: But then again, I'm wrong. My yeah. Mind.
0: Yeah, there you go. Whamp. Well right. now let's, I gotta go ahead, go ahead. Give your backstory. Uh let's see. It was released August I mean August. October third, nineteen eighty. Let's see what the sales are on this record. Uh where did it chart in the US? US it went to number five and it's been certified double platinum in the US. Hmm. Uh so there you go definitely I, I, I think uh, like I said I think the first three have something to hold them in common where Ghost of the Machine and Synchronicity are just you know way off the charts all over the place musically uh, but I absolutely love it got it on vinyl and I've got a, a vintage copy on vinyl uh, sounds amazing but this is a band I really really want to see some nice 180 gram, you know, from the original source tape uh, material copies available. Uh, I, I love this band so fucking much. I know eventually, in the history of uh, the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, we will do every Studio Police album uh, when we get time to it. But uh, this is one I picked to do, and uh, I thank you, Ralph, for for agreeing to it.
1: Well, I mean, as much as I give this album shit, I, I love the good songs and I love The Police. And yes. I saw The Police on the Synchronicity Tour.
0: Oh, I never got to see The Police. Even <laughs> on, Yeah, I know. Even, even <laughs> on... You were wrong. I know. Even on the, the reunion tour, because of when I was moving to New Orleans, I, I unfortunately, I missed both the Florida and the New Orleans show because I was in the middle of moving and... Uh, and uh, that's something I got to live with because I don't think that'll ever fucking happen again. But who knows? I never thought the reunion would happen again. But yeah, they're, they're so old at this point. I, I don't know. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, I don't know if we'll ever see another one. I, I, I doubt it. But, you know, I still have the albums to listen to. And there you go.
1: Our song with the fix. One thing, one thing leads to another.
0: Oh, I fucking love that song. Of
1: course you would. You don't like it? Again, I'm wrong on that one. Yeah, of course. You don't like it? No, I'm wrong. I hate it. Okay. Fucking garbage. Okay. Red Skies and Lie. Oh, 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 oh. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. So 80s, so gay.
0: Oh, I love gay 80s. Yeah?
1: I love gay 70s. REO, bitch.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, All that, right. That shit's fantastic.
1: Yes, it is.
0: So, you got a pick of the week there, dude? I do have a pick of the week. Uh, oh, you an, al- of the week. An, an album that I cannot... Well, it's not an album. It's a box set. But it's something I cannot recommend enough. And it is the police box set, Message in a Box.
1: Yeah, I have that. Yeah. You, know, you know, one thing... Uh, Annie Summers got really pissed off about the release. Because... When they released the uh, the box set, it says uh, featuring every song the Police ever recorded, and Andy Summers says that's not true. Though, where the fuck are the songs that aren't on there that were never recorded? Because you know I would like to know, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> supposedly there's uh there's more Police songs because you know basically that box has every album and all the B sides and live tracks. I mean it's a that's a great box set. I ain't slamming it, but. Andy Summers is speculating, is, is telling us that, no, police actually recorded more than
0: that. And you never know. All right. Well, I will say it, it has not only every police studio album, but it has all the B-sides that were made, you know, that were officially released. And a lot of them are worth hearing. I mean, and even
1: a... pre-Andy Summers stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really good. Dead end job and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Oh, yeah. Heavy as shit. Yeah. Yeah. Very heavy shit. Punky heavy. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's definitely worth getting. And it, it's very affordable now. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Check it out. I mean, because it's just it's a great overall. And like I said, there's a lot of B sides uh that that I knew, you know, like I grew up with with my dad's albums, but then when I became of age, I bought the box set. So a lot of the ones that were B sides, I didn't realize. I just thought, oh, what albums this song? You know? And when I listen to the albums, like, oh, I wanna hear that song, you know. So it's it's definitely worth picking up. And like I said, besides the B side, some great live shit, some early shit that's definitely heavy. Um uh, and, and I think it's, a, you know, the perfect place to start, you know, fucking get it because then you got everything and then some, you know, and th- and th- they got some good live albums out there too, but I would, I would recommend message in a box, the complete police recordings, even though supposedly it's not complete. So what's your pick of the week there, Ralphie Boye? My pick of the week is also a
1: three piece band, a little old band from Texas, and I'm not talking about that stupid Eliminator recycle fucking drum machine bullshit. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. talking about the real ZZ Top. Yes, C3, When back when they had this drummer called Frank Beard. Yes. Yeah. You know, later they got this drummer called fucking
0: uh, Twinkie. <laughs> what was the
1: name of that movie? A short circuit. Yeah, Johnny Five. <laughs> Before they got short circuit on drums.
0: Johnny Five is alive.
1: And I'm gonna go with that ripping
0: album, live album, Fandango, bitch! Oh, that was recorded here in New Orleans at the Warehouse. Uh, fucking uh, Pink Floyd played there. The you know the Grateful Dead. That's where they played when they got their uh, they got busted. That they talk about in Truckin'. They played at the Warehouse. It was a legendary venue that unfortunately got tore down in the in the early 80s. Oh, they mentioned trucking
1: in that song, in the song trucking. Well, in,
0: in, in, in trucking, when they're like busted down on Bourbon Street. I
1: see. I never got that far into the song. I always pass out like the first ten <laughs> seconds of that boring ass song.
0: But uh, but yeah, they they got busted for drugs here while they were playing at the warehouse, and, and that that's a great great live album, and you know plus some studio tracks on it. Great pick hell yeah zz
1: top baby when i was a little kid man you see this is something that y'all get off my lawn kids will never understand there were two bands back in the day that nobody nobody ever said anything bad about zz top and ACDC. those two bands i never ever and i even heard people talk about the stones zeppelin beatles you name it but zz top and acdc were two bands Up to 1980 that nobody ever said a bad word about. They were the most respected bands back then. But now we live in a generation,
0: get off my lawn! That just sucks. Alright, well now it's time to get into Fan of the Week. And Fan of the Week this week is... Justin Childers' mom! (laughs) She's just a fan of cock. Uh, (laughs) And what a fan. Every week she is the Fan of the Week on the cock Podcast, (laughs) and the funny thing is, Justin Childers' mom has a cock, but uh, you know that that's not enough. (laughs) She needs more. Uh, But no, this week it is George Robbins. George Robbins, yes, George Robbins is uh, newish, at least you know in in my uh, uh, view of the Facebook page. But he leaves plenty of posts and comments, and that's what we look for. Uh you know, we're starting to be more selective of who we let in. You got to you got to answer those questions. Well, the one question, and you got to answer it right. And I will say, oh god, I meant to bring this up before. Who's the dude there, there's some guy that keeps trying to add people to the page. And you Justin can... Childer's mother. Yeah. <laughs> uh All right. Well, Jordan Robbins, you are our fan of the week. Uh Uh, unless you're one of those Kiss fans that that won't listen to this album or this episode because it's a police album but uh, uh, thank you brother and thank you for what you add to the page fuck it let's get to the plugs Justin Childers mother (laughs) everybody's plugged Justin Childers mother
1: Earpeeler, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about.
0: You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all
1: types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the
0: albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-M-D-J-O-A dot U-K. 8 p.m. U-K time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. Hey, rock music fans, this is Terrence Reardon of the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life. And I'm usually joined by a friend or two or ten. And we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal. And there's no country or Sammy Hagar or rap on the fucking show. That shit is frowned upon with yours truly. So, if you want a great classic rock audiovisual podcast, tune on in to the Terrence Reardon and Friends
1: audiovisual podcast. New episodes every Monday, exclusively
0: on YouTube. Tired of your long commute and boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. Check us out on iTunes and Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. All right, KISS Army. Since 2007, you've been getting Podkissed, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. That's right. It's your podcast. Every month, the Podkiss crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss talk like no one else. Whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this
1: is Ace and You're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss.
0: The podcast the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. All right, this is the Ayatollah alcoholic Ian Wadley, and I want you to listen to my brand new radio show, Wadzilla World, where I cover every era of fucking music that I like, and a few that you like, too. Check me out every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on soundforia.com. I'll see you there.
1: Hey, this is DJ Mack, I want to let you guys know about the podcast with my co-host DJ Metal Mike, Mind Over Metal, you can find us at mindovermetalpodcast.com, we're also on Spreaker, iTunes, Podbean, and uh, just about everywhere else you get your fucking podcast from, oh yeah, and we're also on uh, YouTube, so check us out for the best in heavy metal and hard rock music news, discussion and reviews, that's the Mind Over Metal podcast, download it, subscribe to it, today. You want your own radio show? Well, you got it. On Thursday nights here on that metal station, join me on the Dr. Fuck Show. Go in the chat room and I will make you my co-host. That's right. Everybody that joins me in the chat room, I discuss whatever you guys want to talk about. I'll mention your name. I'll say what you say. And we're going to go back and forth. And I'll even fucking play whatever request you want. Unless it sucks then i ain't playing it because my show rules and only songs that rule is allowed right here on that metal station the dr fuck show airs live thursday nights at 8 p.m eastern then they repeat it on sundays at 1 p.m eastern hope to see you there whoa well, no no fuck that hope i better see you there motherfucker
0: are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Viera. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Viera Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it.
1: (laughs) Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Simp Bootlegs and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict and iTunes.
0: The True Alternative Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron and I'm Chris and we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast and if you love this, (laughs) then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. All right. Well, if you enjoyed that episode and if you did it, you're probably a Kiss fan who didn't listen anyway. So fuck you. Come back next week when we review whatever the fuck we want to review. Because before you know it, we're going to be doing fundraiser episodes again. No, no.
1: <laughs> no, we're not, dude. We look, dude. As much as we 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 raised enough for this year already. Let them oh. take it out of last year's.
0: Oh well, we're we're gonna up the price, but I, I think you'd be surprised who's gonna donate. Uh, fuck me! So get ready for the cure of disintegration paid for by Bushy. <laughs> yeah right. In the coming months, this is the Rocket Metal Combat podcast. We'll see you next week. Justin Childers' mother is a whore.